0: listening to the full 10 yards podcast with your host Timothy Lambert Monk Yes, welcome in everybody to another episode of the 410 Yards Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Tuesday the 27th of November. Week 12 is in the books, and we are here today to go through all those games with you. And we are, of course, joined by Lee Wakefield. Lee, we welcome you in. How was your trip to Manchester? Yeah, it was really good, thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, I
1: listened to the podcast on the way back from Friday. Uh, I thought Adam did a really good job standing in for us. Great podcast as usual from both of you. Yeah, no, it was a good weekend. Good to see the family and everything. And yeah, glad to be back. Back with you.
0: Absolutely, yeah, Adam. Uh, yeah, did really, really enjoyed that podcast. Um, yeah, great show in front of us today, though. We have a bit of news for you uh, of all the happenings. Quite a lot happened over the weekend in the NFL. Uh, just a couple of bits of housekeeping to go through as well. We also, of course, it's a Tuesday, so we have full ten questions quiz with Steve Rains of the Kickers Matter podcast. We have the re- uh, recap of all the Week Twelve games. We have stinkers, stonkers, some waivers for next week as we're approaching now the playoffs portion of the fantasy football season. Um, we have Jason Garrett-Corner, of course, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. So let's start off with a bit of news. So uh, Linda Fournette handed a one-game suspension, obviously, with the uh, the fracas with Shaq Lawson there in the Jaguars-Bills game. Quite a lot of uh, stuff happened uh, to the Jags over the weekend. Jags offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett has been fired, and Cody Kessler has been named the starter at quarterback for week 13, taking over from uh inept uh, Blake Bortles couple of people uh, on IR, Andy Dalton, obviously with a thumb injury, he's now done for the season, as is Indianapolis tight end Jack Doyle. Lee, anything else from you over the weekend? Any takeaways?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I would say one big takeaway is, um, well, last week we spoke about, you know, the, the play of games potentially being, you know, really great, and we kind of said it was a bit underwhelming. I thought this week of games was actually really good.
0: Mm, yeah. General, yeah.
1: Had, you know, it's like a lot of late drama with a lot of kicks, obviously we'll come on to later on. Uh, and just like a few more talking points, I thought it was a really, really
0: good week of games actually. Mm. Yeah, plenty to, uh, of things to get our teeth into. Just before we get into all of those, just a couple of bits of information to give you. Of, of course, we have our November jersey giveaway. Last couple of days to get involved with that, head over to our Twitter page at full 10 Yards and follow the instructions there on our pinned tweet and where you can win a Larry Fitzgerald jersey. And shout out to Kyle at uh, HV, who le- very kindly left a review, so he is in with a the chance there of winning that jersey. Shout out to you, my friend. Thank you for listening. Uh, December giveaway will be a Christmas jumper uh, of your team of choice from the uh, NFL Europe shop and uh, details of that will be on our Twitter uh, in the next couple of days. But essentially we want to uh, get you to introduce the podcast so the best ones will uh, be obviously be played out before the podcast starts. And the best one will be uh, the, the winner of the December giveaway. So again, just uh, check our Twitter handle at 410 Yards in the next couple of days for information on that. Uh, next episode on Friday, we will draw the November giveaway winner. We'll announce that there. So keep your ears peeled for that. Also, we will have a, a new type of article on the website. Uh, Kieran Paterson is looking at an early mock draft for next year's draft. Because, hey, Lee, it's never too early, eh?
1: early, no, and he's even beaten me to this one. Um, <laughs> I've not really thought about that because I was going to do one top sort of at the re- end of the regular season and then drop my first proper one, uh, you know, just after the Super Bowl. Mm. But yeah, no, good. it's good to get an early one in there. It's good to sort of get some names out there for sort of the college football season obviously now has finished, the regular season. So yeah, it's good to sort of get people sort of thinking that way. And uh, as I've been saying, as we've both been saying, we've sort of, uh, you know, we sort of mentioned a few teams now who should be looking toward that the draft season. So uh, yeah, it's so, all sort of trending that
0: way. So, yeah, good to get out there. Yeah. And uh, we started off by two teams that will be in the upper portion of that draft. 49ers at Buccaneers. Buccaneers taking this one 27 to 9 improving to 4 and 7 first win uh, since, you know, the early part of the season. First win for Jameis Winston uh, for the, this season in a uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirt. But yeah, a bit a bit of a bit of a strange one this one. The the 49ers jumped ahead and then just kind of gave up a little bit and um as one quarterback carousel kind of Ends with Jameis Winston kind of cementing his place now as a starter after a decent game 29 of 38, 312 yards and two touchdowns. 117 passer rating uh, Nick Mullins on the other side uh, his performance was a far cry from from his first start on Thursday night football against Oakland he was 18 of 32 222 uh, 221 yards uh, one touchdown two interceptions but yeah he's kind of regressed over the over the weeks and you know the bucks defense has been giving up all kind of yardage yardage and points the, this season but the 49ers only be able to get nine points on the board in this one. So, um, yeah, the only other, other points come out of this game, really. Mike Evans is now one of three wide receivers to post five consecutive 1,000-yard uh, seasons. Uh, he joins the AJ Green and Randy Moss uh, club. Those are the other two that have done, have done that feat. But a question for you, Leo, on this game. Obviously, Jameis Winston... Should be the starter going forward, but they're not actually committed to him really after next year. Uh, oh, sorry, after this year rather. So it's just kind of a kind of play a little game with you. Would you rather have Jameis Winston uh, or or someone else start a franchise? So the first one to you is Jameis Winston or Dak Prescott.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't start this one off easy, didn't you? <laughs> uh, I should have. Do you that. know what? I'd probably go for Dak. <laughs> um, he's obviously he's, he's safer sort of pick um Jameis Lovis had a few off field issues which has led you led to it well led him, sorry, into the what you said earlier about them not being really tied in. So Tampa Bay took up his fifth year option, which they can now get out of without any penalties because he's had the off field suspension. Mm. So without, with that with uh, that, you wouldn't have that sort of thing with Dak, although he's not more so exposed to this, as we've said many times. Um you know, but Jameis just has, has so much variant. If you drive a have a sort of safer guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it just comes down to kind of explosiveness, isn't it? Dak's not, you know, he's kind of gone into a shell. If you compare him to from what he is now to to his rookie season, but Jameis Winston's is gonna is kind of a you only live once kind of you know, quarterback, isn't he? It's kind of like Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, a little bit, but yeah, if you if you want the high ceiling, you want the, the, to sell seats, perhaps you go James Winston route, but Dak Prescott probably going to get you slightly more wins, maybe. Um, not really from a bias standpoint, but um, yeah, he's going to be a safer play. And I, and I suppose it just depends on how you're going to set your team up. Obviously, we're going to go through a couple more quarterbacks, but if you're going to to run set up to run the ball play hard defense you're going to go for someone like Dak because he fits that that scheme a bit better but if you're going for someone that you know want the high scoring powerful offense where your defense isn't that great like Tampa Bay's is you're going to go for someone like Jameis Winston uh, but let's move on to uh, Jameis Winston and his uh, his draft buddy Marcus Mariota obviously I picked one and two
1: uh, yeah, we go for Mariota again. Um, again, like not the most explosive, a little bit like Dark. I think we have compared the two uh, in the past, haven't we? Mm. Uh, but obviously, Mariota's got that sort of um, sort of weapon of his legs as well. Um, and I do think you know now that he's got sort of a bit more healthy but on recent weeks, I think he has been a bit better. Uh, Mariota's obviously a higher character guy again, uh, similar to Dak, as we just said. Uh, so you can sort of reiterate all those reasons that you've just gone through for uh, for Mariota as well.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, James Winston. These ones are a bit more easier, but I think we all disagree on this one. James Winston or Derek Carr?
1: Oh God, that is like <laughs> yeah. choose a way to die. Yeah, isn't
0: it? it's like choosing uh, de- it's choosing death by by suffocation or you know, or drought, drowning or being burnt.
1: Yeah, it's not a great one. Um, <laughs> they both cost you loads of money as well, which is the worst thing. Um, one thing we did mention with Dak is that. Uh, obviously, he would be a lot cheaper at this point as well if you to sort of get him in right now on his sort of current contract. Uh, I'm just I'm just sort of talking around this answer for so long. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Car.
0: Yeah, I would
1: agree. I, but I'm, uh, I'm hi- I know uh, I'm higher yeah.
0: I'm I'm, a, I'm higher on Car than you are. At
1: least Carr has like shown like a little bit in his career because mm-hmm. James just hasn't like improved like much since he's come out of Florida State. At least Carl like, has had like one like really good season. Yeah, that's kind of the only real justification that I'm going for, and my one side is difficult.
0: Yeah, and finally, well, it'd be easier on this one: James Winston or Blake Bortles?
1: Oh, <laughs> I'd have to say James on that one. Um, <laughs> and obviously, the games yeah. as, you know that have just unfolded on the weekend. And, yeah, Blake is doesn't get a good review, let's say that. I well, I'll put a teaser out there. I won't yeah. go into it too
0: much. Yeah, just, just before we move on to Browns at Bengals, just obviously a, a note, a bit of news NFL-wise. Reuben Foster was obviously cut before the game. Uh, obviously, he was arrested on domestic violence charges. But it's quite interesting, obviously, in the dra- when he was drafted in, in the first round, obviously he stayed around because he was a first-round pick. But, you know, the Saints were on the phone to him uh, in, in the draft and, uh, you know, the 49ers jumped ahead of them. And the Saints ended up getting, obviously, Ramchick uh, on, the, on the defensive side. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just funny how these kind of things kind of pan out. You know, things can have been a lot different for the Saints. Obviously, their first two, uh, first two first-round picks in, in that draft worked out a lot better than Reuben Foster would have done.
1: Yeah, the Saints have drafted really well uh, in recent couple of years. So, yeah, that's obviously worked out really well. Mm. Ramchick, uh, they played well again, like you say. And uh, the Saints uh linebacking court at the moment is acceptable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they they're they're fine. They, you know, like you say, made the great choice there with that one.
0: Mm. Okay, to the Battle of Ohio then, Browns at Bengals. I mean, uh, lots of highlights in this game, but it's just more more trolling of Hugh Jackson Lee. Yeah,
1: it's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> yeah Demarius Randall was the absolute cherry on top of um you know when he handed that ball to Hugh Jackson when he picked off Andy Dalton. Mm. Just unreal trolling. Really enjoyed that one. I was actually watching that on the on the train back
0: down south. The funny, on, uh, the funny thing about uh, yeah, the funny though. thing about it was that when when he handed him the ball, Hugh Jackson was like, "Oh, thanks, mate." Like, uh, yeah, he uh, just was like, him on the helmet," didn't he? As
1: though he had absolutely no comeback. Yeah. he just sort of. Just but, didn't, I mean, what do you do? I
0: think I, th- I think he didn't realise what he was he was being trolled. Though that was the thing. It was one of those things where you think, "Oh, thanks, mate," and then you think, "Ah, <laughs> oh, wait a minute." <laughs> 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 I've, just, I've just had my, my pants pulled down. Yeah, he
1: absolutely did. Uh, yeah, but the Browns yeah, the had themselves a day, really, didn't they? Mayfield look, uh, looked fantastic. He was super fired up after the game as well with regards to Jackson, um, with his comments. Yeah. Uh, whether you disagree or agree with him, it's a, d- a different matter altogether. But, you know, just going back to the game, maybe we'll touch on that in a little bit. But Chubb had himself a great game. He was even jumping over the top of uh, defensive backs and fucking things out there, a la Randy Moss, which was crazy to see. Um, Antonio Callaway had a good game uh, Offensive line was great Baker had loads of time, a lot of time Freddie Kitchens is really cooking up a storm with that offence I would say Scree uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, Nick Chubb is just making them look really smart with that Carl's side trade as well so, yeah, no, Good day all round, uh, the defence looked good Special team has the field goal as well And then like I say, uh, Devere Shandell put the cherry on top as I said earlier um, which is something I very much enjoyed as I say for Cincinnati, obviously, they lost at home to the state rival, lost an Dalton, and now he's on IR, as we said. Although, whisper it quietly, that might not be a bad thing, because not very good. And Jeff Driscoll made some quite nice throws, so they can sort of spend five games now, sort of seeing what they've got in him, because now I'm definitely welcoming them to the 2019 draft season as well. Right. Uh, Tyler Boyd was great, Mixon was great, and John Ross, he's got sneaky red zone relevance. He's not your typical red zone target, obviously not, not like six or four, It's not like a He's not a a sort of a power forward to take a basketball term, uh, you know, kind of receiver like Mike Williams, for example. Uh, But he gets loads of red zone touchdowns. He did it in college as well for Washington, so he's definitely one to sort of look out for and definitely one to keep in mind if you're sort of looking for a, you know, he'll be a streaky fantasy scorer because he'll he'll just get a red zone and he's quite up and down. Uh, But yes, like I say, definitely gaining relevance in that regard.
0: Yeah, obviously helps AJ AJ Green going out. What would you would would you do if you're the Cincinnati Bengals now? Obviously you've you know, you you're, you're done for the season. Would you and Andy Dalton's obviously done for the season as well. Would you just rest AJ Green for the rest of the season? I know he obviously he'll come back and say that he wants to play, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but if you're done for the season, just make let, let him get healthy.
1: I think for me it would depend on what you're going to do with your offensive coordinator and your head coach. Mm-hmm. If Marvin Lewis is going, uh, which you know is rumored to possibly be true. Then you can see sort of what you've got in your backups. As a front office, you could sort of push for that, and you can see what you've got in your backups. You know, see what building blocks you might have for mm. the future. If you're going to keep, you know, uh, and then that would also give the the incoming head coach a, a sort of look at what's going to happen. But if, if you're going to keep Marvin Lewis and you can keep the offensive coordinator, then just keep rolling. Just try and get as much as you can out of the, the players, mm. uh, Spike the pride and things like that. I'll just see. It's sort of the, the age-old thing, isn't it? Do you want to lose and get a higher draft pick, or do you want to, you know, play for pride and, you know, actually show that you are a professional and, and try and win as many as possible? Mm.
0: Is uh, Hugh Jackson going to be the the, the head coach of uh, Cincinnati next year?
1: <laughs> for their sake, and you I know no, obviously Adam will probably be listening. I hope not. Hugh
0: Jackson, time, baby.
1: But then again, would they have why would they have him in the building? He did do well then when he was offensive coordinator there. I don't know. Obviously, it's not gone well. Sort of in Oakland when he's been a head coach, He's not gone well. See Cleveland. You know, some people are just suited to being coordinators and not head coaches. Maybe he's one of those people.
0: Mm. Yeah, maybe Hugh Jackson just likes taking taking losses in uh, in Browns games. Doesn't matter what side. Yeah. It doesn't matter what side he's on.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, he's. looks much better without him, haven't they?
0: Yeah, and talking about talking of losses, Raiders at Ravens. Raiders four two uh, fall to two and nine, getting curb stomped by the Ravens. Or they didn't look uh, looked a bit shaky at the start. Lamar Jackson started quite uh, slowly and this one. Was uh, at some po- at one point in the game was nine uh, completions, eighteen attempts, one hundred and forty yards, and two interceptions. Uh, but managed to obviously turn it around and have himself uh, a decent fantasy day in the end. Gus Edwards had another strong outing. Obviously, that helps with their mobile quarterback back there. Uh, Jim Harbaugh... Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, John Harbaugh coming out and saying that uh, the quarterbacks, Joe Flacco and, and Lamar Jackson, might split reps uh, come the next couple of weeks. But their schedule opens up and is, is quite... a. a a nice looking schedule considering they're six and five. Shot at the playoffs, uh, wild card contention. They got at Falcons, at Chiefs, home to the Bucks, at the Chargers, and home to the Browns. Now you should get two, maybe two, maybe three wins there. You know they should be, beat the. I think they're favourites to beat the Falcons uh, next week because they're 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 awful anyway. But um, I what would what would you do in the situation at the quarterback position? Would you just keep rolling with Lamar Jackson, seeing as though you know Joe Flacco is going to be out the door come come week seventeen? What
1: what was that useful um, phrase that you? Coined about Mitchell Trubisky uh, the other
0: week. Oh, that's a good question. Something
1: about your balls picking a lane or something oh. like
0: that. <laughs> well, put your pants up and ask your balls to pick a lane.
1: That, that's what the Ravens need to do about their quarterbacks. They cannot split reps. That is just showing far too much respect to the history of Joe Flacco. Mm. They do just need to get, you know, they either put Flacco in, let him play the rest the side in the summer, uh, well, the off season, about what they want to do moving forward. Or they say Lamar's two and zero. It's Lamar time. They just got to do that. Personally, for me, they're going to move on to Lamar at some point. He's playing okay. You know, he's won two games, which is is you know, no mean feat in the NFL as a rookie. Just play Lamar. Mm. It doesn't matter. You know, yes, they might get the wild card. Yes, they might win three games. But They also might get beaten every game. Mm. You know, you just you got to look to the future at some point. The, Ravens have just got too much respect for Flacco because he's won in the Super Bowl about 15 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: I, know, I do know it's not that long, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Feels like um, it. Yeah, it does. It really does. Um, so, yeah, you know, just play Lamar. Uh, you know, see what you've got. You'll probably beat the Falcons, like you say. You can play Bank on losing to the Chiefs. That's a freebie. to so definitely play Lamar in that. Let him sort of face a good team. Hmm. The Bucks, again, Lamar should be able to win that. Probably won't beat the Chargers, or at least I'm sort of hoping not. And then by that time, you might be out of the playoffs anyway, Yeah, and then you've got the Browns, so you let him play. Just I'd just let
0: him play. Yeah, I Being think, I, 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 think I agree, because you know, you've know you just got a free, it's kind of a free go, isn't it? A free hit towards the end, all the end of the season, he get he's, he's going to get the reps, he's going to get the experience, but they're going to be games that matter. It's not as if it's like a normal Week 17 game like Patrick Mahomes did last season, obviously I know he's come out and done done what he's done this season, but... You know, usually you see the backups come in and and play week 17 against vanilla defenses and don't really learn a lot. But at least it, like now they've had to play him a couple of games. But now why not try it out? And you know, if he if he mucks it up and he doesn't do too well, he's, he's going to learn from the experience hopefully. And uh, you know, if they do do well, they're going to get a, you know Lamar Jackson might get a playoff game this this season. Which you know, going into the season, not many Baltimore Ravens fans think they had a shot at that. Yeah,
1: exactly, and obviously. Like you say, it's life round, isn't it, for Lamar? And that's that's what he wants. He wants those reps. And obviously, if you do end up getting a perf game, it's experiencing the bank of a postseason game. Mm. So yeah. you know, it's even even more valuable. The six seeds in both um, conferences are going to get bounced out of the first round anyway. So it doesn't really matter too much to me. And I know, it's obviously. I'm presuming a little bit about that. Obviously, the NFL any given Sunday and all that, but I do think that that's going to be the case. So, yeah, just let him have the live round. Let him have the live reps in the in the games that matter. You're going to move to him anyway. Just like you say, whatever. Uh, Twenty
0: pounds or something balls to mm. No, John, John Harbaugh doesn't, doesn't strike me as a pants wearer. He was more more of a box boxes maybe, but I don't know. Maybe you'll we'll have to ask him that on Twitter or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, talking of playoff games, I mean, who remembers this game from last last year's playoffs? Jags at Bills. I mean, this is a far cry from from last year's game. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Bills taking this one by the by the field goal. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, really it's weird that you
1: say that. Obviously about the the uh, playoff game last year you kind of asked someone who was like a new fan to NFL this year and you told them watching this game that yeah both of these teams made the playoffs last year they would have they would just be like what, how does it work <laughs> you know they would probably ask some questions <laughs> um, so yeah obviously these teams were in different different shapes last year the Bills sort of not as far apart from grace but the Jags absolutely huge obviously Malik Jackson uh, earlier on this, before the season I think it was was predicting the Jags would go 16-0 and I don't know you know the NFL's in part a little bit of that bravado, confidence, a like that. But, you know, he couldn't have been further from the truth. And the trash, as we coined Jen general Andy's phrase, won the day. <laughs> and it turned on one play. You know, obviously, we've mentioned at the top of the show about the news. Uh, Bonnet and Shaq Walson got into it, making arrangements to have a chat in the car park, apparently after the game. And after being on the six-inch line, they went backwards with the penalties. Bill had good defense. And Lambeau missed. Mm. And after that, the Bills fired up. Yeah. And went on to Jalen Ramsey at the biggest portion of Humble Pie you could ever see. Mm. Um, yeah, Bottles is a mess. Bottles is an absolute disaster. He's now gone through four offensive coordinators. Uh, and now he's bench, as we mentioned as well. Um, on the flip side, you know, we've been big detractors of him quite, I would say. Uh, Josh Allen's becoming relevant.
0: Yeah, he's not yeah. Not great. Yeah. He's
1: not worth the 7th overall pick, but I'll give him his dues. He's improving. And because of his scrambling abilities, which are legit. He's a weapon. Yeah, yeah. uh, Before moving forward, his accuracy and decision making is going to make or break his ceiling, as it always has been the case. Uh, But in this game, he was by far the best quarterback.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you, if, you, if you said to someone, like you say, what, uh, people would have questions about this game, about the playoffs, one of the questions would be, who's this Blake Bortles and why is he posing as a quarterback? But um, yeah, you'd certainly pick out uh, Blake Bortles as the, as the rookie if you had to say, well, one of these is a rookie. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I really yeah. liked Josh Allen's um, potential in this game and I, I'd say I picked him to, to score anytime time, 8-1, so that, that, that cash. So I hope you oh, all followed, cool. uh, followed on that. But yeah, the, obviously the turning point was the uh, the Moncrief touchdown that got Turned back and overturned and, like I say, on the six-yard line and then he had a run for a loss up the middle, Carlos Hyde and uh, penalties and then Miss field and, yeah, that was kind of all she wrote from that one. But, yeah, it was nice to see uh, Josh Allen get one over a bit on Jalen Ramsey because Jalen Ramsey's a bit of a knobhead, isn't he?
1: But, um, yeah, never mind. You're not, not a fan of Ramsey.
0: I, I don't. I don't mind like his fire and what what he brings and his cockiness, but sometimes you know when he was shouting over to the bench saying that you're trash or trash, you don't, that's just a bit too far for me. I mean, I, I get it's all a bit of bit of banter. Richard Keys' hot word, but um, yeah, it's just just a bit silly, <laughs> bit too far, and he just ate a bit of hum- humble pie, didn't he? So.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not—he's not obviously there to sort of analyze things. But he's there to entertain. That's—that's that's obviously what he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he is—if he does speak out about people, he is going to end up doing that. And he is—I'm yeah. well, sure he's not bothered either. He's not—he's got the play to back it up after all. Oh yeah. And he'll—he'll yeah. he'll win more if not. You know, at very worst, he'll. You know, and he's—you know—with each other.
0: Yeah. He reminds me of um, the Wolfman on the Gladiators back in the nineties. Did you ever watch the Gladiators?
1: <laughs> yeah that's
0: another old one for anyone <laughs> showing my age there um, we shall move on a wooga. Um, <laughs> Patriots <laughs> at Jets uh, AFC East Clash Patriots taking this one quite comfortably the, uh, if it wasn't for the penalties uh, in this game on the Patriots I think this would have been, been a bigger blowout uh, than the scoreline suggests but Jets you know, nothing to see here in terms of them and just waiting for Todd Bowles to get fired to be quite honest um, Jets did start start strong though, but then kind of gave up a little bit. They uh, obviously scored the first touchdown of the game, but then uh, you know Tom Brady got a bit dinged up, and then they just rode Tony Michelle into the into the sunset for this game. Uh, it was quite interesting actually. He came back into the game. He uh, looked like he had a really bad uh, injury when he got tangled up there in, on one of his runs when he got stuffed, but came back into the into the game and uh, had one of his best he had his best game uh, of the season as a rookie. Uh, for the Patriots, I think, over over 130-odd yards and a touchdown as well. So, nice to see Sony Michel back, and uh, obviously he was f- fresh from his previous injury, but yeah, it would be interesting to see what his practice looks like this week uh, after that. You know, I don't know if you saw that, his, his knee getting caught a little bit there. It did look quite bad.
1: I haven't actually. I haven't actually seen that. Um, you know, doing a lot of travelling on Sunday, missed quite a few of the games. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Good to see him back. Obviously, he's had his injury problems in his young career already, which is never good to see. No, um, and yeah, it's quite good that. Oh, it's different anyway. At least I don't know whether good. It depends on your viewpoint, I guess. But um, it's kind of odd cool to see the Patriots sort of rolling with a you know a feature back.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, uh, Rex Burkhead, uh, funnily enough, has just been activated off the IR. So before uh, Sony Michelle Fantasia is going to lock him in for the playoffs, just be wary that Rex Burkhead is lurking. And obviously, James White had a quiet game, but they say, like I say, they think they rode Sony Michelle uh, in this one. But maybe the the, the committee might sh- rear its ugly head for Fantasy owners in the next couple of weeks. We shall see. Um, but one question obviously coming out of this game, obviously Patriots and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. One of those two is seemingly going to get the number one pick. But who who would you rather travel to in in January? Would you travel to Kansas City, where you know Andy Reid becomes Marvin Lewis in the, in January, or would you prefer to go to Foxborough with a with a New England Patriots team that looked a bit obviously they were slow starters this week, coming off of the bye, which is uncharacteristic for for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But who would who would you rather travel to in January for for a championship game, Kansas City or New England? I'd rather go
1: to Arrowhead. To be honest with you. Um, and that's weird as a Patriot, not Patriots fan, a Chargers fan, sorry. Uh, you know, giving our hoodoo over them. Mm. But um, just Tom Brady and Belichick are just a different animal in the playoffs, aren't they? You know, they're uber-prepared. And obviously going to Foxborough is obviously difficult. Yeah. Um, especially if you're sort of from the West as well. Obviously it's a long trip. Kansas is obviously more central uh, geographically. Um, and also, you know, like you say, Andy Reid's not got the greatest playoff. Record and then obviously you have got Mahomes in the playoffs as well, which is all a new uh, sort of deal for him. Obviously, defense becomes more prevalent uh, in the playoffs, and obviously he's not had any problems with defenses so far. But obviously, playoffs are a different ball game. So yeah, I would I would go for Arrowhead if you had to ask me. Although I wouldn't like to go to either.
0: No, no, absolutely not. No, it's just a pick a poison type of question, isn't it? Um Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, let's move on to the Ed Dixon revenge game: Seahawks at Panthers. Um, <laughs> McCaffrey with a with a hell of a game, but um, yeah, Seahawks stealing this one away from home.
1: Yeah, I love how these revenge games get quiet, sort of. Uh, I love obscure. a re- I
0: love a revenge game. I've got it was, there's, <laughs> there's, there's
1: was a couple lot more obscure better. I would
0: say. Yeah. Oh, I missed. Uh, I tell you what, I did miss actually. Raiders at Ravens is of co- of course the Michael Crabtree revenge game.
1: Yeah, he scored a touchdown, didn't he? he did yeah. Uh, yeah. Got the, got the actual revenge on the Raiders
0: he did yeah love, um, your, love a revenge game
1: yeah um, yeah so Pan- uh, sorry, Seahawks versus Panthers uh, yeah fun game really fun game actually lots of great offensive plays lots of great defensive plays from both teams uh, yeah like, I, we were talking about the Rams and the Chiefs we, the other week 54-51 uh, obviously and we, I was saying that, you know if we need some just defensive football can't just have this like college style football in the NFL these college schools Give me this sort of game any day of the week over a 54-51 game. Especially when it goes down to the end, you know, ball down to two kickers in this one. Yeah. At the end, Graham know obviously missing from 52 yards to Carolina with under two yards, leaving the door open for Russell Wilson, one of the most clutch fourth quarter, quarter quarterbacks that you could possibly wish for. Yeah. Uh, and Ty Lockett as well, and then ultimately Sebastian Janikowski wins it from Seahawks. So yeah. that's, a, that's a great game for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, tail two receivers. Uh, which um, including including Christian and who had a good ground game for a change. Uh, and then, before aforementioned mentioned Ty Lockett as well, who he's having a breakout year and just becoming an absolute star for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's certainly he's certainly the Seattle wide receiver one now, isn't he, yeah, Ty Lockett? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, definitely. He's definitely taken over from Baldwin. Although, you know, Baldwin is still really good, uh, but Lockett just seems to be the one that Russell Wilson just looks to in the big moments all the time now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Christian McCaffrey will uh, feature a bit later on in the podcast, but yeah, interesting game this one because obviously it has massive uh, wild card, play- um, wild cards playoff implications. Uh, Seahawks now obviously now have the head to head over the Panthers. And it gets a bit quite interesting now in the NFC wild card race because you've got obviously the the Philadelphia Eagles who will move on to very shortly indeed. You know they've got that dynamic there with uh, Philly, Dallas, Seattle, and and Carolina. They've all played each other this this season, haven't they? Uh, well, Dallas have mm. played, played all three anyway. But so, yeah, no, yeah, it's going to come it, down to head to head
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you know, only a few weeks ago we were talking about, or I was at least saying it might be the top the North versus the South. And that couldn't be further sort of from the truth. Now, now it's a right jumble, isn't it? Mm, yeah, um, yeah. This is going to come down to yeah head-to-head probably. It's uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a
0: close close race. Yeah, I mean the thing is as well, yeah. That that this game for the Panthers is more important for the sea- than than the Seahawks because the Panthers obviously have, have still got to play Saints twice. And um, I think they've got the Falcons as well. But yeah, obviously the Panthers' schedule is going to get a lot harder now than the Seahawks' funny. does. Uh, the Seahawks play San Francisco I think next week as well so you'd think that that would be a win there but the Seahawks schedule a lot easier so this one was a must, really a must win for the Panthers because it would have separated them from the field a little bit as well it's like the Chargers had done uh, with the AFC. Obviously, it's a bit different story now as well. It's amazing how it changes uh, in a couple of weeks, the the outlook for the playoffs and uh, just teams in, in general. Uh, let's move on to the Giants at Eagles then, Lee. Obviously, Eagles getting the win in this one. Didn't look convincing, but they have a chance to to maybe level things up in the NFC East with Dallas playing New Orleans on, on Thursday night, which we'll get to. They play the, uh, the Redskins and they could all be tied at six and six come the end of week 13
1: yeah definitely it's going to be yeah, it's going to be really close um, you'd kind of put Dallas as kind of the favourite by default now in that, that race uh, just before we get into this game just want to mention something really really quickly on the Seahawks schedule mm. is they've got to like, play the four Ironers twice and the Cardinals
0: oh yeah yeah, three so, wins
1: so, uh, yeah looking good for them on that score mm. uh, but yeah the Giants Eagles uh, another another ki- uh, kicker sort of winning it at the death. Jake Elliott winning this one against the Giants again uh, I wonder if Carson Wentz gave him his game check again like last year when he hit that 61-yarder. Yeah. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, a big takeaway take from this is actually, you know, even though they got beat in this one, if New York keep that supporting cast of offensive players and get themselves a decent QB, they're going to put up some points. You know, they've got Beckham, Shepard, Blackley, who all had, dang- all had great games, all really dangerous. And even Rhett Ellison got in on it when Evan Engram went down early on, which wasn't good for my fantasy team. Yeah. And I've been a big sort of believer in Evan Engram and he's not he's sort of fallen on his face a little bit, which is a bit of a shame. Um but yeah, in in the Clerk context, as you said, uh Philadelphia big win for them in the context of that race. Um, and you know, like I say Dallas are in poor position, but I think um, in the NFC least, I think it's only the Eagles are only game back, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I won't go back. Did you say they're calling the, call the oh. NFC NFC least? Yeah, I did. How, yeah. how dare you get off get off, get off the podcast. Come on, right names. Trying to slip that in there. How dare you? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, the thing for me in this game was the, you know, Saquon Barkley was killing the Eagles, e- the Eagles in, the, in the first half, like he did in the Thursday night game a couple of weeks back. And in the second half, he barely touched the ball. I just don't understand why you, how, what, how do offensive coordinators and people, like, especially people like Pat Sherman, how do you get away from things that are working? Like, how do you get to the decision in your brain to say, oh, that was working in the first half, I'm not going to do it in the second? What, I, I just, I don't understand it. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't
1: make sense. Is it? Obviously, we talk about quite often about, you know, teams just trying the same thing over and over again because it's working. It, it doesn't make like the greatest watch a lot of the time. Um, you know, cause it's quite predictable. But if the defense can't stop it and just keep doing it. <laughs> it's quite easy, you know. Do it until they can't. You know, until they make you change it. I don't know. I had to get it. I don't know why they went, went away from Saquon. Mm-hmm. He's having a great game. He looked really dangerous. He looked like he had you know the, the defensive backs on toast every time he made it to the secondary. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I don't know why. He, I don't know why he went away from that. It's really bamboozling. Really.
0: Yeah, I can't find how many t- I think he had like five touches in the second half or something stupid. But um, yeah, um, obviously the Eagles will only go as far as their, sec- their banged up secondary will kind of let them go. But they, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I wonder if I was saying to one of my, my Eagles friends, actually, uh, whether or not Doug person's just trolling everyone and just coming down to everyone's level before then just ramping it up towards the end of the season. I know they, yeah, I know they're not, yeah. but I was just, I was just yeah, playing with them a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, you've
1: got Eagles friends.
0: Yeah, I've got an Eagles friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who who knew? Uh, uh, and obviously, the the big game comes not week thirteen but week fourteen. Obviously, Dallas um, at home to Philadelphia. That's going to be a, a key a key game uh, for the division, but also wild card as well. Because Dallas don't have many head to heads. They've obviously lost to the Seahawks and the Panthers. So if they lose to the Eagles as well, it could look a bit bleak for them uh, and have that heartbreaking scenario that I said at the start of the season, where you know we'll we'll be just one game back or we'll. we'll you know be on the on the on the bad end of a of a head-to-head record but um yeah we're, we're waiting to see on that one okay moving on swiftly to uh, arizona cardinals uh at the la chargers uh charges cardinals actually went 10-0 up in this one and then 40 uh, charges just put 45 45 straight un- unanswered points i don't know if that's a record or anything but um surely he's quite a lot but uh yeah larry fitzgerald nice catch there to begin the game Melvin Gordon uh, went down MCL sprain. Should be back in a couple of weeks, just in time for the playoffs, hopefully. Uh, but quite a lot of has been made. Obviously, He went back into the game uh, and then did a jet sweep and then and then got tackled. And uh, sorry, that was that was the one that caused it, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, 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 but yeah, bit of a strange play, and didn't didn't look looked a bit innocuous, but obviously uh, was enough to to damage his MCL. But the uh, defense obviously welcomed back uh, Joey Bosa. They limited uh, Josh Rosen to 105 yards, so that defense is clicking. And but on the other side of the ball, Philip Rivers um, came back from his. His poor display in his, his erratic play, uh, play against Denver last week went 28 of 29, equaling in Ryan Tannehill's record of 25 consecutive completed passes. If only Austin Eckler could have uh, could have caught the uh, dump off for number 26, he would have had that record all by himself. Because let's face it, no one wants a, to share a record with Ryan Tannehill because they're usually bad ones. But this one's a good one. So <laughs> The uh, game turned on its head with 28 points in the second quarter there for the Chargers. Obviously that big game next week uh, in primetime away to Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a good display. Obviously, I, I didn't think it was going very well. Just got in actually just in time. Uh, you know, my girlfriend was suspicious that I'd timed it like that our travel. Just so like we arrived home at nine o'clock. <laughs> uh don't tell her. Uh yeah, no, but we we were didn't start very well. Uh but then just kicked into gear. Um and yeah, just didn't look back from there. Like you say, Rivers almost perfect the whole game. Um, yeah, it's I know a lot of people said that it was a stupid play and Gordon didn't need to be sort of running in that sort of play. But we've run we've that play quite a lot this yeah. year. It's not like we whipped it out just for this one special occasion. Um, and it was quite innocuous. It's not as though Gordon got drilled in the backfield. The Kendici was tackling Eckler and he was rolling and then he caught Gordon. Yeah. So it was quite innocuous really. It wasn't as though, you know, if Kendici sort of drilled him in the backfield and injured his knee, he'd be like, yeah, fine, let's take that play out. But if he sort of slips past that tackle, he's probably still running. Yeah. So, so it's it, it, it Obviously, it's not great, and obviously, it's not even enough for a couple of important games to of end out the season, which isn't good. And, but I kind of can excuse it a little bit because it was so innocuous. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in this one it's probably maybe going to show more in the next couple of weeks. And Chargers fans, if we don't you know get the result on Sunday in prime time, Chargers fans will get on the high horse. But still going to win. We're still going to get the playoffs. We're still going to win enough games moving forward. Yeah. And Gordon will be back. So let's just. All, you know, take it back. It's going to be fine. Don't worry too much. Yeah, we played. We, we did enough. You know, but that's what we needed to do. I've been saying leading up to this game that we just need to get the W and move on. We don't need to put people away like we did in this game Yeah, as much. I'd just rather just get through. And then it's now when we need to sort of really click and get it. Mm. you know, with the games we've got coming up against the AFC North teams and then Canvas and Denver as well. Yeah, you know we've played well. We've been putting away the teams that we should. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of really hopeful still for the remainder of the season. Mm. Um, big one on Sunday, but it's not. I was saying to you earlier uh, before we came on, it's not. You know, it's not terminal to our season if we if we lose this game. You know, no. It's a tough game. If we do win it, though, it's a statement win moving into the playoffs, having to gone to Heinz Field, Uh, you know, at the end of the season and win. Mm. So we will be looking out for that one. It'll be a really interesting game for everyone to watch on Sunday evening.
0: Yeah, obviously Pittsburgh, um we get to their game shortly, obviously I'm come off, off the back of a loss. Maybe we'll refocus then, which is probably a bit bad news there for Chargers fans. Um let's move on to the Frank Gore revenge game, Miami at Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> we um, should
1: we should definitely go through the games every week and just try and think of anyone who's, who's played for both
0: that's what it I try really and do. <laughs> I need to do. I need to get um, a, a sound bite for any time it's a revenge game. Just press a button and have it like a revenge noise play or something yeah, like that. But, we do, um, we need
1: to off. Yeah, we do. We definitely need to do that. Yeah. Um, Indianapolis yeah, taking this that, one. Really <laughs> New ideas on the podcast live. Um, but yeah, another game decided by Kickers. It just happens that I've had all these games. Um, this time the Colts, we last on to have the ball and you know win it with a boot as time expired. Just as... The Seahawks did. Uh, no, another pretty fun game to watch, actually. Um, as Again, as I said uh at the start of the podcast, this game, sorry, this slate of games was really fun. There was a lot of good play from both sides of the ball. Again, just like the Seahawks and Caroline game. However, it did go through like a really rough patch in the middle where it just felt like no one could do anything right. There are inceptions, fumbles, kicks going awry, one punt was blocked, missed field goal. Uh, and both teams just will look back on that period and just wish that they could have loads of those plays back. Mm. And he might have done that differently. Obviously, not that India okay. care. Obviously, they got the win. Mm. Um, Andrew Luck's been good enough. So sort of, recently, to sort of look back on the two throws to Xavier Howard that you know both picked off. That won't, won't bother him too much. You know, he he can kind of get a pass for that. Really, I think he's been you know really really good. Uh, and one of those was a ridiculous grab from the young corner.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, going backwards over his head, and then the other one was just really badly underthrown. And that happens sometimes. You know, every every quarterback will get sort of a handful of them. Mm. Every season, um, but now I'd, I would say personally, I know we've sort of talked about this recent, yeah, uh, you know, sort of been recent times and talked through the season really about the Dolphins having a good start and their sort of record flattering them quite a lot. Now they're getting the losses that they they deserve, and the Colts on the other hand side of that are marching on. Mm. And I really do think they'll get the sixth seed now. I think they'll go on. And I know we're going to touch on that a little bit later, um, but yeah, I do. I really think they'll get it. I think they're marching, and you know, it'll kind of be a yardstick of. You know, teams with bad starts can, you know, if they get hot, can make it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a couple of uh, points of discussion, which I'll discuss a bit later on in the podcast. But yeah, there's three consecutive plays in this game that were, were turnovers, obviously, the two in, the two interceptions. I think it was a fumble. Was it a fumble? The other way, I can't remember. Um, yeah, but that was quite interesting to see, uh, like I say, in that fun little period. But yeah, some some questionable coaching decisions in this game, but that will, we'll save that for our favourite corner of the world. Uh, moving on to Pittsburgh at Denver. Now, I said... Uh, before last week's episode, uh, to last, last week's podcast, that we're due, we're due a, a drab Pittsburgh away performance, and this was it. Uh, two goal line mishaps from, from Pittsburgh's perspective of Xavier Grim, Grimble fumbling, uh, into the end zone for a touchdown, uh, for, for a touchdown, for a touchback, um, which is quite strange. That that rule's obviously quite contentious because if you fumble and it goes out of the one li- yard line, obviously Pittsburgh get the ball on the one yard line, but if it goes into the end zone, it's a touchback, and then we get the ball on 20, so that's a bit weird, and obviously the uh, Towards the end of the game, they're big begging with the interception inside the two minutes, um, which was a funny funny little interception there for the, one of the big men getting it. Uh, but yeah, James kind of James Connor fumbling as well. Fum- more fumbling in this game than uh, two people on a first date from Tinder, to be honest. But Pittsburgh... <laughs> kind of. Kind of <laughs> Pittsburgh kind of let this one just slip through their fingers. Of course, the Emmanuel Sanders revenge game, this one. Um, but Denver making a late run for the wild card. Um, they, they've got a really favourable schedule coming up. have uh, got Bengals, home to the Bengals, home to the 49ers, at the Browns, uh, the Raiders, and then at Chargers. So you know, they could quite easily win four of those and go nine and six, um, which would keep, could kind of be in and around the uh, the sixth seed. Obviously, they're now one game behind Indy and, and, and Baltimore six and five. But yeah, they you know. The way they've played this season, they they don't, don't really deserve to be in the position they're in. Uh, but Philip Lindsay, obviously a big factor as to why they've won five games this season. 14 uh, rush attempts, 110 yards, and one touchdown for him. He's obviously one of the uh, one of the stars uh, of the 2018 season. And then another useless stat for you, Juju's. Um, only the fourth player to have two ninety-five-yard touchdowns. I mean, I don't know why people come up with these, that kind of crap of a stat, but <laughs> I mean, who care? Who cares? It's like ninety-five-yard touchdown. Oh, yeah, only four players have done that. It was like, yeah, well, two four players have probably got ninety-six-yard touchdowns. It's probably irrelevant. But a um, bit of a rant there, but never mind. But yeah, Pittsburgh, <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh going down by the touchdown there, and they say if uh, Big Ben does make that interception at the end, that they probably go to overtime, and it could be a bit of a different result. But Denver coming sneaking and, sneak and snatching a win there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely sticking with people and obviously a couple of, uh, you know, sticky wins really um, for Denver in the last couple of games against the Chargers and obviously the Steelers are you know, looking like playoff teams which obviously goes well for the future. Um, like I said last week, I think they're only a head coach and a quarterback away from being pretty decent again. Yeah. Like I say, driven by Philip Lindsay and, you know, uh, you know they have got quite a few decent players sort of dotted throughout the roster now. They're not sort of the poor team that they were last year. Um, but yeah, no, they they could get to the playoffs. I'm not sure if they will. I'm not sure if they deserve to, as you said. Yeah. Um. I think I think we'll go there. I think we'll win uh, last last game of the season. And I've got a sneak suspicion that the Browns are, are you know going to get a few wins towards the end of the season. Mm. I really think their, their sort of coaching changes really galvanise them. Mm. I think they could knock off the the, the Broncos as well because you mm. know they they are a year away. They're not. They're not that good yet, I would say. But yeah, Lindsay's been great. Um, He's definitely been the contention for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think he'd win it, but he's definitely been contention. Mm.
0: Yeah, Jeff Homan, the tight end for Denver as well. is completing the trifecta of uh, people that went on IR uh, after the week the, the week's games. He was the third one I was trying to think of before the podcast. Obviously, he joins Dalton and Doyle. Um, nothing really else left for me in this game. So let's go to Sunday Night Football. Uh, Minnesota taking the NFC North battle uh, home to Green Bay. Yeah, uh,
1: another really good matchup between these rivals. Um, <laughs> nothing sweet of the pro Vikings fans. The final, final nail in the coffin for Green Bay season. And obviously we can welcome them now to the 2019 draft season. Yay. It was nice to, nice to see Adam Thielen back after a couple of quiet weeks. And Stefan Diggs had a nice game as well, um, getting the really good catch on the final play before they did the kneel down as well, sort of the catch right behind him. Mm. Um, and yeah, just sort of brought that in, sort of cap off a great day for him. And mm. sure. uh, What wasn't so nice to me is that Darwin Cook had himself an absolute day um a few days after I traded him away in our Dynasty League. That wasn't that wasn't great. Uh, I didn't really want to give him up but I'm in rebuild mode after having a pretty poor season. Mm. Uh, so I thought it was a great good. Um made worse by Melvin Gordon being out now for a few <laughs> weeks. So I don't know what I'm gonna do uh, for running backs. Uh I'm looking for the wave wire. So if you've got any if you know anywhere where I can get decent wave wire suggestions, uh, you know, hit me up. Yeah. Um, give, it, give it ten minutes. Yeah. Like I say like I say, my rebuild's underway. That wasn't great but
0: at least I didn't trade for Carl Hines, so it could be worse. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, sorry, I was just trying to, I just come up with a pun. You, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield's come up with the coin with the phrase that oh, you woke up feeling dangerous. Oh, yeah. Do you reckon Adam Adam woke up feeling dangerous? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely
0: yeah, I don't know, don't know how that came to my brain, but yeah, yeah, Minnesota, big win. Uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, just a bit of a stats, had 77 receptions this year with no drops, uh, best in the league. So it's good to obviously. He's not really, uh, he's missed a couple of games as well this year, but obviously he's uh, a focal part of that offense as well as allows uh, Adam Thielen to do all the stuff underneath with uh, Diggs uh, stretching the field. But yeah, Diggs having a decent game uh, as well there at the wide receiver position. And uh, let's move on to Monday Night Football then to round it off. Uh, Houston comfortably disposing of the Tennessee Titans, improving to 8 and 3. The win streak now uh, improves to 8. But Marcus Mariota did his best foot rivers impression 22 of 23. Uh, his, inc- his only incomplete pass was like, in the final minute on his final drive uh, to Derek Henry, uh, who is not a pass catcher. But yeah, 22 of 23. 303 yards and two touchdowns and um, the main reason for that only three of his those, those passes went beyond 10 yards in the air so just dump off city uh, captain check down as you like to call it lee um
1: yes yeah i was going to say uh, when you were talking and comparing it to philip rivers you know rivers was you know doing some actual nfl throws you know difficult throws not not just the nearest person
0: yeah um, Lamar Miller had himself a day on the ground, 12 carries, 462 yards and one touchdown, 97-yard touchdown. He's the longest run that's longest run in the NFL since Lamar Miller did it back when he was a Miami Dolphins player uh, against the Jets. So there you go, bit, mm-hmm. a bit of a stat for you. Yeah, stats from the guy who hates
1: stats.
0: Yeah, Um, Damaris Thomas, two touchdowns in this one after goose egg last week so he probably did no one any favours in fantasy but DeAndre Hopkins was was thankfully a bit quiet uh, allowed me to win a massive game in my home league Uh, I think he just had under 100 yards or something like that but a question coming out of this one Lee can Houston be the three seed? obviously they've got a a fairly easy schedule going into the season didn't look maybe as easy as it would be at Browns, at Colts home to the Jets, home to the Eagles and then at Jags so it could be three or four wins out of there
1: yeah, no, it could be. They could they could win out quite easily. Mm. Um, I think what it comes down to, and obviously, if you're saying they could, they be the three seed, they're looking at obviously the Patriots. So if we scare, if we sort of compare their schedule, you've got sort I would say out of what you've just read out for the Texans, there the most difficult game would be the divisional game against the Colts in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. So with the Colts being really hot, I'd expect them to win against the Browns, the Jets, the Jags quite easily. The Eagles might pose a little bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say, you know, really being a divisional game also they know each other a lot more intricately um, than any other team. I think that would be the most difficult one, especially I'd say given the Colts form flip over, look at the Patriots schedule. They've got to play the Vikings next week. Um, and then also they'll play the Jets and then the Bills and the, the Dolphins obviously in their divisional actual their divisional as their divisional rival, sorry. Um but that, you know, they're teams they knock off on the regular. The other game that could trip the Patriots up is on the 16th of December when they played the Steelers. So the Patriots have got two games that you kind of think that, yeah, they're sort of losable games. The Texans have only got one. So, yeah, quite conceivable. They could be the three seed
0: mm.
1: after, you know, a horrendous start.
0: Mm. Well, it could be. The, well, that'd make them the two seed, wouldn't it? Would it? Well, yeah, because I think they're one game back, aren't they? I oh, know, because. New England have the tiebreaker over Houston, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously they eight and three, same as the Chargers. But yeah, very f- favourable schedule. It could be, like I say, they could quite easily win out. And can you imagine after the season, the start they had zero and three to go, what, yeah. what thirteen yeah. and three? That'd be mental. Yeah,
1: yeah, it would be definitely. And yeah. um, the Chargers aren't a factor though because obviously we're not going to win the AFC West, so oh, yeah. we're probably the fifth seed, and that's, yeah, that's, that's going to be it, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're not really a factor. So I think yeah, it's looking at Patriots um, and then the Steelers, obviously, will probably have a, a lesser record than the than the Texans going forward. So yeah, no, I think they could definitely.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff. interesting to see how that one finishes out, and that wraps us up for Week Twelve. So let's uh, round it off with some stinkers and Sunkers Lee, do you want to start off with your stinker?
1: Uh, yeah, so it's the guy I mentioned before, uh, the disaster that is Blake Bortles. Um, he's fighting for his career, I would say. Uh, obviously, good Tesla. Has been sort of brought into the into the starting lineup, and that's not exactly the most inspiring move, is it? To be able to do that, the guy who sort of uh, you know couldn't get the Browns' starting job uh, when they were you know losing every week. Uh, like I said before, he's gone through four offensive coordinators now, and he's finally been benched. He he just isn't an NFL starting quarterback. Um, I don't know where he's going to sort of move forward. I don't think he'll be starting for anyone else moving forward unless you know someone gets an injury at his next team, and then. He manages to actually piece something together, mm. but yeah, he's a stinker and he could be in this direction every single week.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm going to stay with the same team. I've got Leonard, Leonard Fournette as my as my stinker. Just um, doesn't have to get involved and doesn't it doesn't take a lot to chip away now uh, at Jacksonville. Uh, all the players it doesn't take much for them to want to pick a fight and obviously their their season's unraveling uh, quicker than a, a line of toilet paper than when you've got diarrhea. But um, yeah, Jags are done. They are absolutely shocking season. Considering their win, their over under for the for the season going into it was like ten and a half or something. Everyone's thinking, oh, that should be should be over. To only have three wins is just absolutely shocking. Uh, and I know Blake Balls is a big part of that, and uh, and the defense hasn't hasn't played to the levels of of last year. But yeah, the Jags Jags just unraveling before our very eyes. Oh, be interesting to see how they come back next season and what happens. Uh, Tom Coughlin obviously come out and said there's a lot of things that need to be addressed um so yeah be interesting to see how that one all plays out okay let's move on to the stonkers of the week who you got
1: so stonker uh redemption game for philip rivers uh almost a perfect game as we said really bounced back from last week where he cost us the game uh perfect tonic before massive game that we've mentioned a couple of times that heinz field on prime time um, and like i say he wasn't he was making sort of high degree of difficulty throws Um receivers bailed him out on a couple of, with a couple of really nice catches as we said but it is It's sort of a two-way system, isn't it? You know, catching and throwing. It's not all about River. It's not all about the receivers either. But, yeah, no, I thought he was perfect. Um, He managed the game perfectly and just didn't really miss a thing, to be honest with you.
0: Mm. Mate, absolutely not Uh, my stonker, I've gone for is Christian McCaffrey uh, first player in in Panthers franchise history to have 100 receiving yards 100 rushing yards and a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown in a single game so I tip my cap to you my friends Christian McCaffrey there with PPR absolute PPR monster uh, last week in fantasy football Uh, honourable mention to Baker Mayfield obviously who's improved a hell of a lot since Hugh Jackson's left and obviously the common denominator there is Hugh Jackson so nothing left to say about that Um, Let's head over to our favourite corner of the world, Jason Garrett Corner. Yes. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. All you do, Jason Garrett, is clap your hands. Jerry plays you like a puppet. You really are a muppet. It's fourth and one, don't do it, just clap your hands. Okay, so who made the bad the bad calls of week twelve? Uh, I've gone for Adam GaSe uh, of Miami Dolphins coach. Uh, both in this game, really. There was well, I've got one honourable mention for Frank Reich. Um, I don't know who I don't know who you've got, so I won't. So I'll just do my one first, and then I'll, I'll come back to, to Frank Reich. But uh, Adam GaSe, uh, Miami Dolphins were ten points up in early parts of the fourth quarter in this one. Then they played for the rest of the quarter. They had six plays uh, which were combined for negative yardage, and you've got a ten point lead. Uh, you should be doing a better job than 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 that because that's just horse crap. Um, yeah, six plays in the whole fourth quarter when you got a ten point lead—that's just that's like Jacksonville Jaguars uh, against the Patriots last year in in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, not not very good coaching there, and say so he should do better. And obviously Tanner Hill was at quarterback as well. They've got Kenyon Drake. They've got they've got playmakers on on that team. They should be uh, at least putting a bit putting up a bit more of a fight there than than they did in that fourth quarter there against the uh, the Colts. Who have you gone for for Jason Garrett corner this week?
1: Um, so I, I've actually defended this coach uh, in the past or almost doing what I'm going to put him in it for uh, in a bit of a different scenario uh, my Jason Garrett this morning, uh, this, uh, this morning this what morning what am I talking about
0: we haven't got this evening that, no.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not it's, it's been a long day no it's not uh, no it's fine um, yeah he's was Mike Vrabel let's just get get in with it um, going for it on fourth and three and running a tight end as four back. oh yeah what you <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, firstly, obviously, you know, keeps going for it and not getting it, which is not a great habit to have as a head coach. Um, and obviously, when you're running a, a, you know, when you're running a fullback, you're taking a player out of the game for your team. The running back, because he's behind the play, is not going to really influence it a great deal. Apart from maybe giving, your know, a hand in the back of the fullback as he carries it over the first, you know, the, the line of the game. Um, so you're obviously gambling that the, the defense will be slow to react in that, and that's not how it works. and um, so every play is an element of risk in the NFL, and that's the risk with it. But it's about reducing that risk as close to zero as possible. Fine, fine, yeah, fine. Run a fullback, perfectly fine. But why don't you run a fullback then? Why did you run it with a tight end? You've got Derek tight Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got Derek Henry who's supposed to be this absolute battering round of, you know, a, a running back. Who isn't a, a battering round of a running back. Anyway, but this tight end, Luke Stock had zero carries in his career before that play mm. why put the game on the line in the hands of a all-back who has never run the
0: ball it mm. just doesn't make any sense no no and also um, obviously you're saying there about Mike Vable going for it a lot and not getting it on fourth down He get a bit of slack as well he got from uh, there were 17 points down and he didn't go for it on fourth down and it's just like well what are you, what are you trying to do um, but yeah 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 Good, oh, Jason Garrett, corner. Uh, my honorable mention was Frank Reich, obviously giving uh, Andrew Lucky's his second reception, uh, you know, in, uh, over the last two weeks, and he actually absolutely got popped by uh, that yeah, Miami. I don't know who the defender was, but he got absolutely blasted by that defender on a high pass yeah, from Jacoby yeah. Brissett. I was just, what, what, are you, what are you doing? He's just come back from shoulder <laughs> surgery, and he's had it over eighteen yeah. months out. But you're, you're going to get yeah. him to catch a high ball.
1: What was it, what was going with that doing though? He's trying to get him killed. It was, yeah. it, all right, yeah, it's a risky play call at the best times. Uh, like they with Andrew, lots of history, injury history. But what's Brissett doing? It's like he did it on purpose trying to try and get some snaps.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he did. I don't know. Um, okay, that's Jason Garrett corner. So it's time before we look ahead to Thursday night football and give you some uh, waivers waivers for week thirteen. It's time for everybody's favorite quiz. It's time to put your knowledge to the test. Play along at home. It's the Four Ten 10 questions. Okay, it's everyone's favourite segment. It's the everyone's favourite quiz. It's the full 10 questions. And today's contestant is Stephen of the Kickers Matters podcast. We welcome him in. We welcome him. Thank you for joining us, Stevie. How are you doing today?
2: Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Just recorded up. Pod uh, for the week as well, so I'm just a uh, full-on pod mode, and uh,
0: hopefully we can do well at this. <laughs> yeah, I see you've been you've been nudged forward like a geek at school uh, between the three of you to to come on and, and put your knowledge to the test.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, well, it's just the lesser of evils, I think, more than anything else. So uh, we'll see how we get on. They've literally just told me not to
0: embarrass them, so uh, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, Adam Adam had eight last week, so um, that's that's the current lead. So. <sighs> Should, you should be right. They're not. They're not too difficult questions. One or two uh, difficult ones in there, but uh, you know, I don't want anyone getting ten out of ten because I'm mean like that.
2: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's have a let's have a stab
0: there. Uh, if you want to get in contact with Stevie on Twitter, it's at Stevie T Ray, and the podcast Kickers Matters is it just at Kickers Matter, isn't it?
2: It's at kickers underscore, underscore matter.
0: That's it. Yep, kickers underscore matter. And say, very good podcast for any of those of those of you that don't know uh, about those. I very much recommend to go and check them out. They give you loads of insight, loads of starts and sits, fancy information, and just general good chat about the NFL, which is always good. But let's crack on with the questions then, Stevie. Uh, would you like quick set question A or set of question B? Oh, B. <laughs> that wasn't one of the questions, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, I was going to say, can that not count?
0: No, well, yeah. Maybe, maybe, depends if you do bad. We might attack it on at the end, but uh, yeah. All right, let's go. Let's uh, Question one. Which team plays at the Raymond James Stadium?
2: Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Which defensive player was selected by the Cleveland Browns at number one overall in the 2017 draft?
2: Miles Garrett.
0: What number does Jared Goff wear? Ten. Uh, Who coaches the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mike Tomlin. Who was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys immediately before Dak Prescott? Tony Romo. How many yards does an offensive holding penalty incur? Ten. Name any team that played an international series game uh, not named Jacksonville Jaguars in 2017. In
2: 2017? Ah.
0: The Saints. Which tight end had the most touchdowns in 2017?
2: Uh, sorry, say that again. Which tight end had the most touchdowns in 2017? Yep. Uh, Travis Kelsey.
0: Which two teams did Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl with? Uh,
2: the Colts and the Broncos. Uh,
0: and when, within one, what year was Tom Brady drafted? Oh, I should get that.
2: Uh, 1999. 1999.
0: Very good. Okay, let's uh, let's have a little recap. Uh, question one: Tampa Bay Buccaneers do play at Raymond James Stadium. Uh, Miles Garrett was the number one pick overall uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Jared Goff wears number sixteen, not number ten. But Mike Tomlin does coach the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Tony Romo is the correct answer. He was the Dallas Cowboys quarterback before Dak Prescott, of course. Is uh, ten yards for an offensive holding penalty. Um, the New Orleans Saints were a team that played uh, last year in the International Series games. Uh, tight end who had the most touchdowns last year was Jimmy Graham, obviously over in Seattle. Uh, the two teams played many and won a Super Bowl were Indianapolis and the Denver Broncos. Uh, and with him and Tom Brady was uh, nineteen ninety nine was drafted. So you got that spot on. So uh, I make that uh, eight out of ten joint top of the leaderboard. Very good effort. <laughs>
2: close
0: you've done your boys you've done your boys proud oh
2: they'll be pleased to know
0: that mm. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure they'll be playing along at home as well trying to beat beat the eight and then no doubt they'll tell you they got nine. Yeah, of course they'll tell me that yeah <laughs> but the end of the day Stevie you, you, were, you were the one brave enough to, to come on and put your knowledge to the test so yeah congratulations on that eight, eight yes yeah, so a joint joint top so you must be you must be happy with that
2: very happy with that um, just devastated
0: devastated i've got the golf number on but yeah. hey what, what can you do yes. what can you do when the spot when the spotlight's on it's stressful yeah, it's yeah. stressful it is, it is indeed <laughs> but uh yeah thanks for coming on steve and to say all the best obviously podcast is always a good listen anyway out there don't listen yeah, to it good steve luck to you with yours mate
2: um so um just really good luck to i know um with adam and stuff like that you guys have some really good stuff going on there so um Thanks for
0: having me on, and uh, good luck with your pod, mate. Yeah, same to you, Guy. And uh, so I'll say, well, I'll listen to you, you, know down in the next couple of days when you post up your next podcast. But, so uh, yeah, always a, always a good listen, so I appreciate you uh, giving me something, something to listen to as well. Cheers, thanks, mate. Good showing that there from Steve from the Kickers Matter podcast. Eight out of ten. He joins Adam at the top of the leaderboard. More from that next week. So let's uh, before we get out of here, Lee. Let's look ahead to week thirteen. Let's start off with uh, some fantasy waivers. Uh, obviously this time of the season it's going to be dominated by either handcuffs or um I've got it that written down here as well d- defenses for the play hop, uh, for the playoffs so yeah you know you've only got a couple of weeks left why not have a pick up a couple of defenses have a couple of defenses on your bench and play the play the matchups and you know stop your opponents from getting them uh, that week on the on the waiver wire but a couple I've gone for, I've seen the Melvin Gordon injury opens up Justin Jackson uh, and Austin Eckler uh, Austin Eckler's probably owned in a, a couple of leagues but he, um, he he didn't really perform as much over the last couple of weeks they might be on a few waivers, uh, but they're the only real two apart from handcuffs and defenses that that I kind of had jotted down.
1: Um, I've, I've got a couple, mine are more based off injuries, um, you know, that might lead to sort of injury placements coming in and having you know a, sort of similar-ish production. Uh, first one, Ellison, um Obviously, had a pretty decent game for the Giants against the Eagles. Evan Ingram might be out for a game or two with his injury. Uh, you know, so if you're really desperate again, might be someone to look at. Uh, along the same lines, if you are really desperate for a quarterback you should always get Jeff Triscoll. Obviously, he's gonna have a few games now. and um, he had a few decent throws as I said. He's a bit of a turnover machine when he was in college. Uh, so maybe not the best choice, but if you are, you know, YOLO in it in the sort of um what's it called? The Superflex. Yes. Yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt's mind completely blank. Uh you know and you really do need someone then yeah, chuck him in there. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be sort of YOLO in and uh you know might get might lead to something, you know, a few points.
0: You can get get get, uh, fri- yeah. get frisky with Drisky. Yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> Although that's you know a few connotations I don't want to explore. tonight. I've <laughs> uh, uh, just got one more, if you, if I may. Yeah, you may. Uh, just he yeah, had a pretty decent game against the Vikings for uh, Green Bay. Uh, but Equinix St. Brown, obviously, I've been a big advocate of uh, Marcus Butler's scantling in this section. But he's not been as prevalent least recently, and uh, EQ Saint Brown seems to be getting sort of his catches. It's a bit dodgy, obviously, going from week to week. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're in a sort of a bigger league, that, you know, everything's a little bit thin. You know, could be worth chucking him in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, if if uh, Lindelofinett's uh, appeal doesn't doesn't um, get granted, and he has that one game suspension, obviously, pick up Carlos Hyde or TJ Eldon because one of those two uh, should get a bit of uh, bit of volume, if not both of them. So they'll. If you need, it, if you're desperate, if you're the Fournette owner, obviously you should already have one of maybe one of those two. But um, yeah, you could do worse than maybe pick up one of those. Not that the Jags are going to be leading much uh, of any games from here on out, so game script's not going to be great. Maybe T.J. Yeldon more so than, than Hyde, but yeah, he's obviously another one that you can kind of kind of pick up. They'll be on waivers. Okay, uh, final final thing then before we get out of here, Lee Thursday night football should be a cracker. New Orleans at Dallas. Dallas are seven, point, uh, seven and a half point underdogs. Uh, getting the seven seven and a half there, and the over under is fifty
1: three. Okay, fifty three is fairly high. I would say oh, yeah, that I was not like lighting it up they, at the moment. Mm, nice. um, although you know, playing playing pretty decently, it'd be quite interesting to see the Cowboys D going up against obviously this red hot Saints offense. Yep, and um, a good spot to you know see those linebackers against the the running backs. You know, looking at Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen uh, Smith. You know, against Alvin Kamara, I think that'd be a nice matchup. Yep. And then, you know, you'd be looking at uh, seeing how Byron Jones does when he comes against to to Michael Thomas, although they might just do what they did uh, on Thanksgiving and just spread it around to everyone else.
2: Yeah.
1: And, just, yeah, in a bit of a troll job. Yeah. Um, but, no, the, it's a good game. Um, Dallas, obviously, now uh, in the pole position, you would say, for the, the, the divisional title. And, um, you know, they need to win, you know, because they're only one game back, uh, the Eagles. And the Redskins, obviously... The same record. Yeah, they're winning. Although, you know, as I said before, it possibly might turn out the Cowboys win the division by default. And um, for the Saints, obviously, it's all about getting that number one seed. And the Rams, you know, then they're, they're neck and neck at this point. Mm.
0: Yeah, I thought 53 was was quite high as well. And my, my first line was just fascinated to see how Dallas D, uh, how far they've come uh, against obviously this New Orleans attack. It'd be interesting to see how they play the RBs. So we agree on that one. So that's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I thought I think the, key, the key to the game as well, I think uh, where New Orleans defense has stepped up over the week so as the season's progressed, I think Dak Prescott's going to have to do a lot with his legs in this one. Uh, I think they might, shut down Zeke a little bit and I'm, I'm not sure Amari Cooper's going to have quite the, the game he did last week on on Thanksgiving but yeah I think it'll be a low scorer uh, Dal- I think the key for Dallas is to try and control time of possession which actually New Orleans lead the league in with 33 33.1 minutes um, which is best in the league but Dallas is 15th in that and obviously a cornerstone of Dallas's success um, in, in Dak and Zeke's early years was, was controlling the clock and letting the defence do, do the work but yeah it be a fascinating game on, on defence on both sides of the ball here just to see you know how, how potent Dallas can be on offence because uh, obviously they've been very hot and cold this, this year but they're, they're at home so should be a bit of a help and um, they've a bit more of a home field advantage than they used to have over the years. A um, bit more, bit more rocking in there. Thankfully, it's not in New Orleans. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Dallas then compares uh, to this, this high-powered New Orleans Saints uh, offense. But it should be, should be a really good game. So if anyone's staying up for it, it should, be, it should be definitely a good watch and should have a lot of implications in divisions and seedings for the wild cards and the playoffs, uh, which is all you can ask for at this point in the season. Yeah, especially
1: the Cowboys, fan. Yeah. Hey,
0: come on, come on. <laughs> it's not like you Sorry, went, it's, been... it's not like you went to I the playoffs think... last year was it
1: uh, that's true,
0: that's true. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> <laughs> okay cool if there's nothing else left to say I think we go anything there from you no no yeah no another
1: one in the books yeah
0: Nice one. Okay, we'll be back on Friday then. So we'll be um, looking ahead to all the the Sunday games and obviously recapping that uh, New Orleans and Dallas game. And Adam will be rejoining us for the best bets. But uh, yeah, until then, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget about all our competitions and some of the articles on the website. Go and check them out. 410yards.com is the website. Um, Until Friday, uh, it's goodbye from Lee. Yeah,
1: goodbye everyone. Have a good week. And we'll see you on Friday.
0: And uh, it's goodbye for me. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be in touch on Friday. So, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full Ten Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full Ten Yards. Or email the show, full10yards at gmail.com.